What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Life Podcast, where together we explore this great big life that God has for us. Hey, guys, I am super excited to be with you all today. I am pumped. I'm pumped about the word that uh, God has given me about this episode, uh, the content of this episode. And you've probably seen the title. It's I Hate Doing Dishes. I love it. So good. Anybody else out there? I feel like uh, that is not a controversial title at all. I think we can all agree. If we can all get together and agree about something, come on, we ought to tell the whole world. I hate doing dishes. We can agree on that. Uh, but it's it's so good. I, I want to I talk about some stuff. Uh, and, and I just appreciate all y'all's feedback that you're giving me on these episodes because this episode is actually coming from some feedback that I got from one of my incredible listeners. Uh, but today, this I hate doing dishes, we're going to talk about experiencing big life in the little things. We're going to experience big life in the little things. And I got a text this week. It was so powerful and I was so grateful for it. And uh, it it was from uh, my friend, Laura, who is a faithful listener of the Big Life Podcast. Shout out to Laura. And uh, she sent me this, this picture of a sink full of dishes and uh, it was a lot of dishes. I mean, it it was it was a pretty disturbing sight. We all know the sight. It's it's a it's not fun at all when the sink looks like that. But she's in below below her her picture of her uh, uh, all these dishes of this gruesome horrible scene uh, in the kitchen. Uh, she she sent me this. She said instead of getting mad that I have to do the dishes again. And then in parentheses, she says, I despise doing dishes. I hate doing dishes. I am deciding to give God all glory in all that I do. And I know that the spirit is working here. Keep sharing what God is giving you because it's speaking to hearts and lives and they're being changed. And then in parentheses, she said, even in the little stuff. Come on, somebody say that even in the little stuff. And I was, you don't even know how encouraged I was by this, uh, this text. And, and I don't know exactly what she heard. I know that she heard from the Lord and I know that what she heard caused her to place a demand on the life of God in a seemingly insignificant situation in her life. And I love it that she said, even in the little stuff. Right, God is changing lives even in the little stuff, and uh, so I love it. I love it. I text her back. I was like, "Isn't that amazing? We even need God to do the dishes." I just just think about this. We even need God to do the dishes, and uh, and so it was just such a powerful thing that God showed her. Because for me, y'all, for me, this is this is huge. Somebody took what they heard. And they applied it to their real life, not their church life, not their 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 uh, Christian public. Let me look good for everybody and do the things that I'm supposed to do. Life, but in her real life, literally, she walks up to the sink and she's like, "I need the power of God to do these dishes." I mean, I'm done. I can hang it up. I can die and go to heaven right now. Somebody is living the real Christian life. Somebody's living the great big life that God has called them to. So I love it. So encouraged, so powerful. Y'all give Laura a shout out. She's awesome. And I hope that God is speaking to you like that as well. And hey, uh, side note, I I love hearing what God's doing in your life. Shoot me a a text or a message. 
And uh, I would love to hear what God is speaking to you. Maybe not necessarily what I said, but what he's speaking to you. And who knows, maybe we'll do an episode about it. But I'll never forget the the revelation that Laura got. I, I got that same revelation several years ago. I was listening to the Life Bible Study. Uh, Bill and Annabelle Gillum, they've gone on to be with the Lord, but they did a Bible study years ago. It's awesome. It's super dated. The people in the video are are just dressed like they're straight out of 1997. It is awesome. But the truth is timeless and it's so powerful. And I, I had watched the life several times uh, before, and but I was watching uh, the life in a season of my life whenever uh, God was really doing some big things. And so I'll never forget hearing Bill Gillum, this cool older dude, and and uh, he's he's sitting there talking, and he's really like has this big time accent with a draw, and and uh, he says things really in a really interesting way. He's real funny, but he he was talking, and I'll never forget it. He, he said he he was talking, and I was kind of halfway listening, but then he said something, and it just grabbed my attention. He said, I need, he said, I even need God to brush my teeth. I even need God to brush my teeth. And that, I don't know what else they said in the rest of the video. I didn't hear anything else, but I'm telling you, I heard, I even need God to brush my teeth. And I thought, this dude is a looney tune. This guy has lost it. Why in the world would somebody need God to brush their teeth? Like, you don't need God to brush your teeth. I mean, he must really be struggling. If he's got a call on the Lord to be able to brush his teeth, this guy really, he didn't have it all together. But it stuck out to me. I thought it was a strange statement. I thought it was a silly statement. I thought it was uh, something, because at that time in my life, I was like, I don't need God to brush my teeth. I need God to preach a great sermon. I need God to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I need God to do great exploits for him. But, uh, Little did I know that Bill Gillum was onto something, and uh, and he's onto the same thing that Laura is discovering in her life. That we literally need the power of God. We can choose to place a demand on the life of God in every area of our lives, whether they're big or whether they're small, whether they're significant or seemingly insignificant. Which there really aren't any insignificant moments whenever we're inviting God into our lives. John fifteen. Verse five, it says this, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then check this out. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, look at that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's, it's so real and it's so true. And it's what Bill Gillum was saying. And it's what Laura is saying. And it's what God has spoken into my life, and it's what he wants to speak into your life today. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think a lot of our frustrations and difficulties come from believing that there's a part of our lives where we don't place a demand on the life of God. And then there's a part of our lives, like our church lives, our Sunday morning, and all the spiritual stuff where, oh, yeah, 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 we'll we'll call on the power of God for that, but not for brushing my teeth not for doing the dishes. I don't need God to do the laundry or have a conversation with my children or to wake up in the morning or to drive my car to work. No, the scripture says, apart from him, we can do nothing. And the, 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 the longer I spend with the Lord, the more I am believing that that is 100% true. We can literally, apart from him, 
we can do nothing. But you say, I can brush my teeth apart from him. Yes, but as we mature in the Lord and as we, we get to know him more, the more, absolutely, I can grab a toothbrush and brush my teeth without him. But the longer I spend with him, the more I don't want to. I don't want to brush my teeth without him. I don't want to wake up without him. I don't want to have a, a church life where I depend on him and then this part of my life where I don't even consider him. The more I know him, the more I want to draw from his life for everything that I need. And so truly, apart from him, we can do nothing. I love what uh, Oswald Chambers says uh, in his devotional. I love Oswald Chambers. If you're looking for a devotional, I would highly recommend reading Oswald every single day. It is so good. He said this, drudgery is one of the finest tests to determine the genuineness of our character. Drudgery is work that is far removed from anything we think of as ideal work or important work. It is the utterly hard, menial, tiresome, and dirty work. It sounds like he is describing the dishes to me. And when we experience it, our, spiritual, our spirituality is instantly tested and we will know whether or not we are spiritually genuine. So I love it that he doesn't say that the, the test of our faith is what we do, um, you know, the big spiritual things that we do maybe on a Sunday or at a church function, but the test of our genuineness of our spirituality comes from the menial tasks, right? The, the, just the ordinary, and I love that word drudgery, uh, the ordinary every day, day in, day out. Come on, somebody, that's what gets us, isn't it? The day in, day out, the person we wake up to every single day, the kids that are beating down the door every single day, cooking the three meals a day every single day, the laundry that never ends, the dishes that never stop coming. It is our real lives that will wear us down and show us if we are really, truly depending on the Lord in every area of our lives. And so the most common place in our lives, the most common places, right? Which I have discovered that the most common places in my lives are not public places. They are private places. They are behind the closed doors of my actual home, right? Sundays are awesome, but I need Jesus. I need the power of God literally to walk through the front door of my house and do life there. And so I, I, the most common places of our lives are, are the training grounds where his life is developed in us. The most common places of our lives are the training grounds where his life is developed in us. That's why it's so powerful that Laura steps up to a sink full of dishes and said, I am choosing to trust God to get these dishes done because if literally I feel like if I'm doing one more load of dishes, I'm about to go postal on somebody. Where are my people at? If my kid comes and asks me what we're doing next one more time, I'm about to lose my mind. I need the power of God in the most private, common places of my life. But, you know, that's not what I, I, I always thought. I, that's why when Bill Gillum says I need the power of God to brush my teeth, I was like, that's dumb. Because here's what I thought. Let me tell you all what I believed. I want to do a whole sermon series about I thought it was actually this way. I thought it was one way, but it's actually another way. So I thought in my life that the more mature I was, the less I needed God. Let me just let that sit there for a second. I thought that the more mature I was, the less I needed God. 
but it is actually quite the opposite. The more mature I become, the more I know him, the more I realize my own inadequacy and I realize that his supply is great in every area of my life. The more mature I come, the more aware I become of my need for him in every single thing. That's why I am ready to like stand on the rooftops and be like, y'all, Laura needed God to do the dishes Why is that so exciting? Because the more mature I become, the closer I get with Jesus, the more I realize that I need him. I'm about to jump up out of this lazy boy chair that I'm sitting in right now and do a lap around the room because this is so exciting. The more I mature, that's what Bill Gillum was saying. Bill Gillum, like I didn't know it, but I was listening to this mature saint, this person who had walked so far with God that he had decided, I don't even want to get up in the morning and brush my teeth without my heavenly father. I literally am going to draw from his life to do even the most menial small things in my life because there is big life in the small things. And so it's just, it's it's exciting to me. I hope it's exciting to you. God, but but here's what happens. God will allow small, something small. It's always going to be something ordinary, uh, something small in our lives to overwhelm you. Have you ever been there before? to overwhelm you so that you can learn to place a demand on his way of life. Have you ever been there before? Like literally, if I do one more load of laundry, I'm about to, where you at? If my kid, it, seriously, the other day I almost lost it. On the, We have chickens and the kids go out at night together and they put the chickens up. And I'm telling you, every single time they come back, from putting these chickens up, they have are, are fighting about something. Somebody didn't hold the flashlight. Somebody tripped somebody. Somebody did it last time. Now they didn't do it. Th- Listen to me. The other day, I lost it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I lost it. I, I said, look, I, I don't even care. I don't care if y'all go out there and never come back. This is when, this, see, this is whenever you are not abiding. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm about to lock y'all up in that chicken coop together until you figure this thing out. But like my kids, they did that. They come back and I'm like, see, because I'm going through some other stuff throughout the day. And, and it's, and it's these, this small, very common thing that makes me think, you know what? I'm about to lose it. This small thing, literally, It's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But God will allow something small in your life to overwhelm you so that you can learn to place a demand on his way of life. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? Uh, Your kids fighting, the dishes in the sink, the laundry building up, whatever it is, your spouse irritating the snot out of you, whatever it is, right? He will allow something small in your life to overwhelm you. And it's always funny. It's like, man... I can get up and go put on a show in front of people all day long, and then I can come home and and like feel like my God, my 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 private life is too much for me to handle. Like I did, I did the day all day, and I come home and this sink full of dishes or this load of laundry is about to push me over the edge. But He's going to use the small things in our life to and allow them to overwhelm us, so we can place a demand on his way of life. And I'm so grateful to him for that. And I love what Miles Stanford says in the green letters, a really powerful book. I had somebody tell me a while back, they said, Hey, uh, shout out on some resources that we could read 
uh, and, and use to help us in our walk with God. So I've given you two today, uh, Oswald and Green Letters. But Miles Stanford says this in the Green Letters. He said, without the experience of their, without the bitter experience of their own inadequacy and poverty, they are quite unfit to bear the burden of spiritual ministry. He's talking about uh, Christians who God so lovingly allows to go through this bitter experience of their own inadequacy and poverty. And until we experience, until we realize that we are actually not capable of producing anything in the Christian life, I can't brush my teeth, I can't do the laundry, I can't love my spouse, I can't love my kids, I can't go to work, I can't drive my car, I literally cannot produce anything as a Christian that is of value. Until they experience the bitterness of their own inadequacy and poverty, they're unfit to bear the burden of spiritual ministry. But we have it, we do it the opposite, right? We all bear the burden of, we all go out there and hop in spiritual ministry and we're children's teachers and, and door greeters and I'll, I'll even go there. We're preachers in the pulpit because I is one, right? We're all these things in the ministry in public in front of everybody and, and but we're, we're, we're not living the same way in our private lives. And I love it that the Lord allows us this bitter experience of our own inadequacy and poverty. And it always happens behind closed doors. I mean, we finally realize, my God, who in the world am I? I'm up there teaching those kids on a Sunday morning. I'm up there preaching that sermon on a Sunday morning. And I, I'm, I'm threatening my children to lock them up in a chicken pen. And I'm actually not joking. On a Sunday night. What, what, what is this life that we're living? It's not his life. His life isn't some here and some there. His life is an all-consuming life. And he uses these little things to show us that of our own inadequacy and poverty. I, I, I wanted to prove for so long that I was able to do it when the whole time the Lord is saying, Colby, you're not able to do it. You were never designed to do it. And the very fact that you're trying to do it all yourself is crushing you. It's overwhelming you. And he allows us to get to that place till finally, whenever it finally, we, we finally do break and have those um, special moments of just a, a, a breakdown. Am I the only one that's ever had one? A true breakdown? And, and, and you realize, oh, wait a minute. And the Lord whispers to you, you're just like, man, this is so heavy. This is so, so difficult. This is so hard. And, and he's like, well, have you ever thought for one second that maybe you weren't the one that was supposed to be carrying all this weight in the first place? The weight of those dishes and the weight of those conversations and the weight of that relationship? Maybe that's why Peter said, he, he, he prescribed this, way of living that was called cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Whenever we depend on him, he comes through. He cares for us. We have to allow him to care for us. And, and I just want to say this because I'm really passionate about it because I lived this way for a long time, but the gospel is not for our church life. It's for our real life. The gospel is not for our church life. It is for our real life. Life And our real life is the one that we live in private, behind closed doors, 
with a select group of people that get to find out who we really are, despite what we do on Sunday morning. Right? I, I, I bet you, I, I'm, I don't know this, I haven't talked to Lori about this, but I bet you when she walked up to that thing of dishes, to that sink full of dishes, and she looked at those dishes and she said, you know what? I think I'm going to trust God in this moment right now. See, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this happened, but I can imagine something like this happening. Because see, what happens is everybody knows our triggers and our family. They know that we're all smiles on Sunday and we wear our nice outfits and then we come home and we are like someone to be feared. But I bet you uh, Laura walks up at Sink of Dishes and, and her family is probably sitting back going, oh, Lord Jesus. Somebody didn't do the dishes. The sink's full. We know how mama gets when the sink is full. And they're waiting for this explosion. But instead, she gets her phone out and she texts her pastor and says, man, you know what? I think I'm just going to trust God right now. And then she does the dishes quietly, gets them done, sits down with her family. And the whole family's like, my God, the spirit of the living God is in the house. Let me tell you something everybody waiting for somebody to raise the dead or, or some, some really sick person to get healed. I'm, I'm just waiting for God, the power of God to move in such a way that the people that know me the most know that a move of God just happened. And for me, that's when I don't come home and act like a straight running fool in my flesh and my feelings on all these situations and circumstances that are supposed to be simple. That's good preaching. Thank you for all your amens. I appreciate that. That's good. You know, it really came to a head for me, and I need to move forward in this. Uh, it really came to a head for me uh, recently. I, I was really frustrated because I am a public communicator. I'm a public speaker. I communicate from the pulpit uh, often, and it's it's like my job. And but I was experiencing this really this really big frustration because in public in the pulpit. I could communicate literally clearly, concisely, uh, well, and, and people would compliment me on my communication skills. But in private, in my private communications, my, this, is, this is very recent in my life, in my private communications with people one-on-one, -on -one, in my communications with Rachel, my communications with my children, in uh, just private conversations, it, it was like I was completely unable to clearly and concisely communicate my, my honest and true feelings with people. And I was so frustrated because what was easy for me in public was impossible for me in private. And I, I just, I, I finally just got so frustrated and I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm just like, God, what is going on? But I realized that, that what was coming easy for me in public as I'm depending on him to do the, the, and I'm doing air quotes right now, the big things for him, I was not drawing on his life and placing a demand on his life in, my, in the seemingly insignificant conversations, and it was costing me dearly in my relationships and in my own frustrations. And so I don't know uh, what that is with you or where that is with you, but God can literally show you those areas of your life that you're not uh, depending on him to do it for you. And so I, I'm just, I'm praying that uh, through this episode that he'll speak to you about some of those things. So my communications were a huge frustration for me 
uh, in my public life and my private life were not lining up. And I think that that is a curse in the body of Christ today, where we believe that it is enough for our public lives to look shiny and nice for Jesus, but our private lives are an absolute wreck where we're not placing a demand on his life. That is not the big life that God has called us to. You know, at our church, big, I like that word big. Uh, It's an acronym in our church and we use it all the time for different things, but it means bring in God. Bring in God. If we're going to experience the great big life that God has for us, then we're going to have to learn how to bring in God to every aspect of our lives. I'm going to bring in God when I'm doing the dishes. I'm going to bring in God when I'm mowing the grass. I'm going to bring in God when I'm driving my car. I'm going to bring in God whenever I'm doing the laundry. I'm going to bring in God when I'm disciplining my children. I'm going to bring in God when I'm having a conversation with my spouse. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing from his life. I'm not doing this on my own because it's too big of a burden. It's about, I'm about to break under the pressure, right? Y'all ever heard the straw that breaks the camel's back? The straw can be the laundry, a conversation with your spouse or uh, your kid doing that stupid thing one more time. The straw, it's the little thing. Song of Solomon says uh, that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's these little things. So we have to big bring in God into every aspect of our lives, the small ones, the big, every aspect of our lives. And when we big bring in God to the little, when we big to the little, come on somebody. I want to talk about three things that it causes, and I'm going to talk about these quickly. It causes, when we big to the little, it causes collaboration, preparation, and celebration. And they're all Asians, so you know that it's the Holy Ghost. You know that it's from the Lord. Collaboration. This is so good. When we bring in God to the small, seemingly insignificant, drudgery, everyday areas of our lives, we're collaborating with the life of God. We're collaborating with the Lord. We are, we are literally cooperating with the Spirit of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. This is one of my favorite verses, and it's so good, and it talks about this collaboration that we have together with the Lord. Are you tired? Are you worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me. Come on, come, let's collaborate. Let's relate. Let's get intimate with one another. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Y'all, I want freely and lightly, not just in the big public arenas of my life. I want freely and lightly in my relationships, in my uh, my menial tasks, everything that I'm doing. I want his life freely and lightly. When, when, whenever we big to the little, when we bring in God to the little, we are collaborating with the Lord. And it's so good to know. It is so good to know. And somebody needs to hear this right now as Because sometimes the most alone places, the most lonely places of our lives are the places that we're not inviting God in. And when we collaborate with him, you have this incredible sense that you are not alone, but you are doing this not by yourself, but you are doing this with the Lord. So I want to encourage you, collaborate with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Invite him into every aspect of your life. And you're going to have this overwhelming sense that you are not alone, but God is with you even when you're doing the dishes. I love it. I love it. Collaboration, preparation. 
When we big to the little, when we bring in God to the little, it causes preparation. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with little can, let me read that again. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. He's preparing you. I'm telling you, those dishes are not insignificant. That laundry is not insignificant. That conversation, that drive to work, whatever, none of it is insignificant whenever we bring in God to the situation. It is preparation for what he has already prepared us for. God is preparing you for what he has already prepared for you. Come on, he's taking you somewhere and the dishes have something to do with it. Your kids' frustration, your current frustrations have everything to do with what God is preparing you for. If he can't trust you with the dishes, then how is he going to trust you with blank? How is he going to trust you with blank? And I love it. I love it. Luke 16, 10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. I love it that the way God determines character, whether you're trustworthy or dishonest, is not with what you do with the big stuff. I am about to preach. The way God determines character, you want to take an inventory of who you really are. You want to de- you, you want to see your true character. The way God determines character is by what we do with the little. Come on, somebody. What do you do with the dishes? What? Listen to me. It was never about, for Colby Hill, it was never about what I did in the pulpit. It was about what I did in the pulpit of my own home. That's where my character is determined. Because true success for me is not what the people on Sunday morning think of me. It's what my wife and family think of me. That's true success. Preparation. God is preparing you for something. Your character is determined by what you do with the little in this season so that you can be trusted with the much that he has in the seasons to come. So collaboration, preparation, whenever we big, whenever we big to the little, when we bring in God to the little, it causes collaboration, preparation, and the last thing it causes, celebration. And I don't know about you, whenever I have a win, it's something that I need to, come on, somebody out there, you need a win. You need a win. You don't feel like you're having any wins in the big areas of your life. Well, why don't you trust him in the most seemingly insignificant place in your life? And and, and I'm telling you, you're going to know that you walked with him in an area and nobody else is going to know it. Nobody else is going to care about it, but you're going to know that you just won because you looked at the dishes differently than you ever have before. You just won because you looked at the laundry like you never have before. You just won. You're going to walk out of that thing going, my God, I just did this task, whatever it is, and I did not treat everybody like a pile of dog mess because of it. And, And I won. You need a win. you you get to celebrate when you trust God in the little areas of your life. Laura got a win whenever she responded differently to the dishes and depended on God instead of herself. She got a win so much to the the fact that she sent somebody a text message and said, you're not going to believe it. I won. Isn't it awesome? We win. You need a win. I need a win. Let's trust God in the little today. We can experience big life 
in the little things. And I have gone over my time. I'd love to hear from you guys. I would love to hear what God is speaking to you. I pray that this blessed you. Let's go out there and do great exploits for God. Let's do the laundry. Let's do the dishes. Let's whatever it is. I can't think of anything else right now. I'm just excited. I love it. I love you guys. Pray that this blessed you. We will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much for joining in today on the Big Life Podcast. For more information about Colby, visit colbyhill.com or follow him on social media. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Once again, thank you for joining us on the Big Life Podcast, where together we explore the great big life God has for us.